morning our this morning our Bible reading is from uh, Luke 5 verse 27 through 39 it's found on page 1599 in your pew Bibles the calling of Levi after this Jesus went out and saw a tax collector by the name of Levi sitting at his tax booth follow me Jesus said to him and Levi got up left everything and followed him Then Levi held a great banquet for Jesus at his house, and a large crowd of tax collectors and others were eating with them. But the Pharisees and the teachers of the law who belonged to their sect complained to his disciples, Why do you eat and drink with tax collectors and sinners? Jesus answered them, It is not the healthy who need a doctor, but the sick. I have not come to call the righteous, but sinners to repentance." They said to him, John's disciples often fast and pray, and so do the disciples of the Pharisees, but yours go on eating and drinking. Jesus answered, Can you make the guests of the bridegroom fast while he is with them? But the time will come when the bridegroom will be taken from them. In those days they will fast. He told them this parable. No one tears a patch from a new garment and sews it onto an old one. If he does... He will have torn the new garment, and the patch from the new will not match the old. And no one pours new wineskin into old wineskins, new wine into old wineskins. If he does, the new wine will burst the skins, and the wine will run out, and the wineskins will be ruined. No, new wine must be poured into new wineskins. And no one, after drinking the old wine, wants the new, for he says the old is better. That's far the reading. Brothers and sisters in the Lord Jesus Christ, in some ways Jesus is accusing us of believing that the old is better. And quite frankly, I have to uh, admit that often that is the case. You know, I look at life, um, you know, in, in the old days, Marriages seem to hold together better than they do today. Of course, marriages did break in, in those days, but, but there seemed to be kind of a stigma attached today. People just very glibly talk about their exes, and, and children are often raised in, in, uh, in homes where they do not have both biological parents. There was discipline in the schools. There was discipline in the home. There was discipline in the communities. Now, just driving up here today, I heard of, of in, in Calgary, three different unrelated carjackings. Just, you're just going around your business. All of a sudden, somebody pulls a knife or a gun or whatever and, and, and takes your car. These are, these are things that are happening in our, in our communities. There doesn't seem to be that discipline, and when they go to court, then it's just kind of a revolving door, and they're out in, in no time. It used to be that the kids would, could go to the park in the morning, and mom or dad would call them for lunch, and they would come. Today, you would hardly think about letting your kids 
the younger kids out on their own. The old days, they seem to be much better. The old is better. And then when it comes to the church, the old days, the church seemed to be much fuller than it, than it is today. Men would take their responsibilities and willingly serve in, in, in council. And today, that seems to be a much more difficult task. In the old days, people were, were, were committed to the church of which they were a member. But today, it seems that if you don't like something and something is, seems to be a little better elsewhere, you're, you just simply go elsewhere. And so here too, the old seems to be better and we can, we can wax nostalgic about, about, all, of these, about all, the, all of these old days. And yeah, things began to change. I remember some... Uh, years ago, all of a sudden, they started reciting the Apostles' Creed. And some people say, ah, oh, we're becoming Catholic when we're doing those types of things. Then we, um, we got, I don't see them here today, but I've seen them here, um, drums in church. People say, oh, what's this? This isn't a rock concert, it's a worship service. The new came but the old is better. Or so we seem to say. What is Jesus saying here? Is Jesus simply saying the old is out and the new is in? Well, at a certain level, that is what he is saying. But we have to understand it very correctly. And that is, Jesus wants us to know that with his coming, it is a new day. It is the new wine, so to speak. It is the new article of clothing. That's what he wants to get across. Does that mean that everything new is to be embraced and everything old is to be thrown out? Of course not. Even here in this passage, we're talking about fasting and we'll get into that in just a moment. But when the bridegroom is gone, then you will fast again. And so there is a role for fasting. There is a role for, for the commandments, and that's why I purposefully read them this morning. There is a role for all of these, but we must see it in context. We must see it in the new thing that has happened with the coming of Jesus Christ. That's what Jesus wants to get across this morning, certainly here in this passage. And so as we look at this passage, we note that it begins um, towards the beginning of Jesus' ministry, and here he is uh, calling uh, Levi, a tax collector. Levi we know better as Matthew, the writer of the first uh, gospel of the New Testament. 
Matthew is, Levi is so excited that he calls all his friends, and of course, who are his friends? But fellow tax collectors and so forth. Now, tax collectors were really not appreciated at all in society, and certainly not by the Pharisees. The tax collectors would be looked down upon, and for a certain reason, and and maybe in some ways a justified reason. Let's say um, a tax collector had to bring to the to the Roman government, Let, let's just use some figures, $1,000. $1, and so he'd have to collect $1,000. But he could charge you and me anything that he wanted. So anything over $1,000, he could keep for himself. And so it was kind of a, it could be a very, very lucrative business. And so people knew what was going on, and they couldn't really, and they couldn't change it. And so they were, they were very angry with these tax collectors. But Jesus comes to Matthew and he says, Matthew, follow me. And Matthew follows him. And he, he embraces Jesus. And he says, this, this is worthy of a banquet. Let's have a banquet. And he invites all his friends to this banquet. Then the Pharisees see what is going on. And they, they, they just kind of shake their heads. How is this possible? How is it possible that, that this man who claims to be God-fearing, who claims to represent God, is sitting down with these tax collectors? It just does not make sense. But Jesus, of course, is then saying, well, I'm the bridegroom. And who of you, who of you would go to a a wedding feast with a black armband and, and be fasting. No, that's the time to celebrate. That's the time to embrace. The whole Old Testament, the whole, everything has been pointing to this day, to the pointing to the coming of Jesus Christ. There is, there is that joy, there is that festive occasion. But yet, they ask Jesus, look, John the Baptist's disciples, they fast. The disciples of the Pharisees, they fast. But all you're doing is eating and drinking. How, that, that's, that's not serving God. And, and again, you've got to realize that this is what these people grew up with. Fasting was very, very important. And... and this was not something that they made up. This was a prescription for the, for the Day of Atonement was associated with fasting. And, and again, John the Baptist fasted. So fasting was very, very important. But what had happened, of course, with fasting, the, the Pharisees, they were meticulous in, in observing the fasting rules. They would fast twice a week. They would fast on Mondays and they would fast on Thursdays. But you see, fasting became an end in itself. How do I know that God is pleased with me because on Monday and Thursday I fasted and and of course with, with a number of other things. It became an end in itself. The law became an end in itself. And so this is what Jesus wants to 
to, to emphasize. It's a new day, folks. Jesus has come on the scene and everything changes. And so to get at that, he has these, this, this parable with these two very common um, you know, events. We all buy, as we heard from August this morning, um, um, new clothing. But then Jesus says, who in the world... I thought August might be ripping up his new shirt to kind of patch the, the, the holes in his old shirt, but he, uh, he didn't do that. And, and so that was, that was wise that he didn't, because who does that? Who takes, who takes an old, a brand new shirt or a brand new suit and rip it up and, and patch it? Both are ruined. You see, so Jesus is saying, you can't, you just can't take me, the bridegroom, you can't take what I am <clears throat> bringing in and also through the Spirit and just kind of patch it up to the old system. You see, in, in, later on in the New Testament, you have even Paul and, and Peter were arguing about that. For example, with the, um, some people were saying, that as a Christian, you had to be circumcised. It was very important to be circumcised. And Paul was vehemently opposed to that notion. Because, you see, he was then saying, what we're trying to do then is retain the whole old system of doing things, but then we just add a little bit of Jesus. We like the old. We're comfortable with the old. And I believe that that's kind of happening sometimes in our circle. Well, I'll, I'll just speak for myself. That I, that I like to kind of do things, you know, okay, I go to church, I, I pay my budget, and I, I do certain things. And so, but I also believe in Jesus. I have to ask myself, how is my faith different than the Old Testament faith? That we just go through the motions as an end in itself. Why, do we, why are we sitting here this morning? Is it so that when we meet the Lord, yeah, on the first day of the year, 2018, I went to church. I fulfilled my obligation. You see, that's thinking in the old way. With the coming of Jesus, we're saying here, yes, we're coming to worship Jesus. We're coming to listen. We're coming to to seek to understand how he would want us to live in a new day, in a new age. You see, that starts to get at the difference of why Jesus Christ came into the world. Then he uses the wineskin metaphor. In those days, they, they didn't have so much bottles of wine, but they had goat skins. And new skins have what's, what's called collagen. In a, in a, you know, your skin too, it, it, it stretches and, and because it's, it's, got, it, it's pliable, it's got collagen. But when it, when it ages... It gets hard and stiff. So when the wine goes into the wineskin, the wine is, of course, fermenting. 
and it is affecting the skin and the skin becomes hard. So that after you drink the wine and you have, oh, I don't want to waste this, this, uh, uh, this wineskin, and so I'm going to pour new wine into the old wineskin, and then it begins fermenting, the skin is not pliable, and it bursts and you lose all of the wine. And you see, that's what Jesus is saying about himself. I am, I am the new wine, and I have come Come into, into your life. And if you're, if you're just simply the old wineskin, yeah, then it's, it's just not going to work. It's going to be, it's going to be wasted. And so the question then is, what, what does that mean for us today? What does it mean that Jesus comes into your life? You see, in the old system, what people were really concerned about was their, their status with God. And again, you look at the Pharisees. What are they concerned about? They are concerned about that they, that they meticulously observe the law and that, they, and that they go through their fasting ritual. And as they do that, of course, they are looking at others and they are looking down on others. They are looking down on those tax collectors. And they're in effect saying, well, th- thank goodness I'm not, I'm not like that riffraff over, over there. And so, again, if, if your concern, if my concern is simply to be right with God, what do I have to do to be right with God? If that's our only concern, You see, that is the Old Testament way of doing it. That is the legalistic way of doing it. That is the old way of doing it. But now, with the new wine coming in, this wine which is which is fermenting, which is which is as it were kind of oozing and and, and pulsating and churning into our hearts and our lives. We're asking, Lord, how can I serve you? How can I serve you as a husband? How can I serve you as a wife? How can I serve you as, as a parent? How can I serve you as a church member? How can, how can we be a blessing to the community? You see, those are, those are questions that, that are asking, what does it mean that Jesus is dwelling in our hearts and lives? We have a kitchen. We have a fellowship hall. Is that just simply to, to serve ourselves? Or how can we use that to be a blessing to the community? Well, maybe, maybe we could feed some of our neighbors who are, who are needy. And maybe, maybe we could begin an alpha program. You see, those are, those are the new questions. Those are the questions of, of, of Jesus pulsating and fomenting and, and, and working in, in our lives. That, that's what Jesus wants to get across, that it is a new day. We are now, we are now as, as it were, on a mission. That's what, that's what Jesus wants to get across. 
In Luke 4, he, he says, uh, when, when John the Baptist is asking, hey, are you really the one that is uh, this to come or should we look for another? And Jesus, look, the blind see, the lame walk, the lepers are cleansed, the dead are raised, and the poor have good news preached to them. This is, this is, this is what the coming of Jesus is all about. Are you, as we see the needs out in the world, again, we can, I know I, I can be very judgmental. I can look at people and, you know, sometimes, um, well, I won't describe their, their persons. You, you probably know. Well, I'm sure glad I don't look like that or I don't, or my kids aren't like that and, and almost consider myself a little better than, than they are. And that's because I am a Christian and they're probably not. You see, that's a pharisaical way of thinking. The question that I have to ask is, is how can I be a neighbor to that person? How can I be a neighbor to the person that I'm working with? That's that's that new wine working, working in us. Families are torn apart and and many children need care. Is God calling me? Is God calling us to be foster parents? You see, those are sometimes the tough questions that we need to ask ourselves because of the coming of Jesus Christ. It's not just a matter of am I right with God? But what what does What does it mean that Jesus Christ has come into our lives, into this community, to to make changes, to give renewal? That, That is what Jesus is wanting to get across. But then in the end, what does he say? He says, you know, when people drink the old wine, they say, this is good enough for me. I'm okay with it. The old is better. Jesus knows us. Jesus certainly knows my heart. I'm content with what's comfortable. I'm content with what I can handle. You know, I've asked myself the question many times, why is, why is the Muslim faith so popular, you know, two billion people subscribe to the Muslim faith. There, there's probably many answers to that question, but I think part of it is that to be a good Muslim, you've you got to do five things. You have to pray every day, you have to go to um, uh, Friday prayers, and uh, you should go to Mecca once in your, your lifetime, practice uh, Ramadan, uh, do uh, Ramadan. And uh, so these are, these are the, the, the things that, that you are called to do, and also to give alms. And so it's cut and dried. And we like that. We... Okay, have I, yeah, I fulfilled my obligations. I'm a good Muslim. You see, and in a different but yet similar way, that's the, 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 
the legal or the the old the old system that the pharisaical system okay what are the things that i have to do to be a good a christian well these are the things i have to do and so that's i think i can handle that that's what i am comfortable with but jesus is in effect saying We can never, never bottle up the spirit. We can never bottle up that wine in these old old, uh, wine skins. So I have a modest proposal for this coming year as we begin a, a new year that we catch ourselves every time when we say, yeah, but I like. You see, when we, you know, with, with Renewal Lab and, and, and talking about how we can be more effective in our communities, that doesn't mean that every, every, everything that Renewal Lab says or everything that people say that, that, that we should buy, that, I'm not saying that for a moment, but that we at least ask ourselves the question, Is this the Spirit? Is this Jesus moving amongst us to be a healing, to be a blessing to our families, a blessing to our community? That, that is what Jesus wants us to do. Again, does this mean that Jesus does away with the old? Not at all. As I mentioned, he Fasting does have a role. And if you read some of the contemporary literature these days, there's, there's a lot of emphasis these days on some of the spiritual practices, including, including fasting. But it's not fasting because, oh yeah, this is something that I have to do. No, I want to come to grips with, with what God is, is calling me. So I'm going to spend some time in fasting and prayer asking that the Lord show me what he would like me to do in in my retirement, where he would like me to go, how he would like me to be a blessing. You see, that that is a whole different way of looking at things than, than just, okay, I'm going through the ritual of fasting. And that goes with the commandments. I purposefully read the commandments this morning. They have a role in our lives. But not just simply that we can, oh, I didn't kill anybody. Yeah, okay, I could honor my parents a little bit better, but okay, I'll, I'll work on that a bit. And, you know, no. I remember hearing a story of a, of a guy who, who was in prison, and he basically had, had um, broken all the commandments. But while he was in prison, he, he, became, he became a Christian. And the day came when he was released from prison. And you know, his great, great worry was that he would fall back into his old lifestyle. And so the first Sunday he went into a church, and that particular church had the Ten Commandments prominently dis- displayed. And at first he thought, oh, oh no, it shows me how bad I am. And, and so he looked at those commandments. But all of a sudden, he saw them with, in, with new eyes. 
You shall not commit adultery. You shall not steal. Why? Because I'm so good? No. But because of that new wine that is, that is percolating into, in, in your life. Because you have the Spirit. You will, you will know what rest is. You will know what honoring those in authority over you. You will know, you will be equipped to be a loving neighbor to others. And so he went away joyfully because of that new life, that life of Jesus, that life of the Spirit of God dwelling in him. And so congregation, once again, we... We face this year, and uh, um, hopefully, the Lord will bless you with a, a new pastor and um, looking for ways to be more effective. May it be, may it be that that we are asking the right questions. That Lord. May people see Jesus in us. May they see Jesus in our worship. May see Jesus in the way I work. That they see Jesus in the way I I deal with my, my family. That's what it means that Jesus has come. That's the big change. That's what's new. And Jesus wants us to live that new life through him. Amen.